Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, it's my favorite day of the week. It's Thursday. That means it's time for another Lifestyle Business Podcast, the hashtag LBP and Yeah Buddy, where we believe building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you. And those around me is my captain, my co-host, a man who dons the leathers for speed, not sex. And Ian, if I'm not mistaken, I hear another co-host in the background there. Would you mind introducing the audience to your partner in the room? Yes, he is about seven years old, 10 pounds, gray, very cute, and he is already tearing up the couches because he knows that I'm going to be leaving for about six or seven weeks. So uh, let me introduce to you my asshole cat. (laughs) If you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we'll share with you a tool to increase your writing productivity overnight, and we'll also share with you how to cheap and easily make audio like a pro And plus, one technique you could use to skyrocket your on-page conversions. Woo! That's a lot of quick tips. Let's get moving on to the news. The Dynamite Circle price goes up on Sunday evening. We've said a lot about that. If you're interested in more, go to the website. The first 50 episodes of this podcast are for free. If you'd like to get those 50 podcasts, sign up for our mailing list. You can find it at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Like we said earlier, Ian, you are flying to Bali in only a couple hours now, and I just can't wait for you to get here. We have so much to do and so much to talk about. You're going to be here for over a month. I'm pumped. Are you pumped to get here to Bali? I am super pumped, man. I am uh, taking off here in a few hours. I am uh, getting ready here. I am packing my suitcases full of electronics that you guys can't buy in Bali. I'm basically the courier for that. I'm probably going to get stopped in customs or something, asking what all this crap is that I've got in here. I've got this new microphone, this new Blue Yeti microphone. It looks like a bomb, so I'm sure that's going to be a bit of a holdup. This thing's about the size of a football. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm getting super pumped. I'm going to get on a plane here soon. We're going to be hanging out in no time. We are actually doing the podcast a little bit different today. You guys don't notice this, but it's morning time, my time, night time, your time. It's usually reversed, but that is in an effort to stick on the schedule to post on Thursday, which we have done successfully for the past, I don't know, a couple months now, it seems like. Bring on the applause effect. Dan and Ian have managed to stick to something anything in this world. (laughs) I appreciate you being the tech Sherpa. We have so many cool things to do. And one of the things that I'm most excited about is to start Tropical Talk Radio. That's right. We are going to start another podcast. And this is something we've been talking about for a long time, Ian, because uh, me and you are both really passionate about podcasting and radio in general. We're both big radio consumers. Yes. And I think the LBP is a little bit of a restrictive format because we're really focused on making it as useful as possible to entrepreneurs. 
And that prohibits us, in my mind, from sharing some of our personal views. It prohibits us from having more of a casual kind of entertainment kind of show. It prohibits us from just kind of turning on the mics and talking for an hour. And we really wanted a format where we could do that unapologetically, and we want to keep the LBP tight. And so that's why we're starting Tropical Talk Radio, and you can check that out over at thetropicalmba.com. Yeah, super excited to start that new show. Um, We've been wanting to do this for a long time, but we hadn't really been able to figure out how we would weave it in because we wanted to keep the integrity of this show going. So I think the only way to really do that is with this new show. Looking forward to seeing how many people dig that new show and uh, hopefully starting something new over there. The LBP is the show that you listen to when you want actionable advice or something to get you inspired and do something a little bit differently in your business. And maybe the tropical talk radio is something that you listen to if you have a long plane flight or if you're hanging out at your desk all day long at work and you just want someone to keep you company the way that I love the way that Adam Carolla and Dave Ramsey and Howard Stern and all these people that I admire kept me company and kept me inspired every day while I was working. And so we'll see how it works out. It should be cool. Speaking of being useful, what do you say we get moving on to the meat and potatoes? Today, we got a good one. Five Dirty SEO, that's search engine optimization and internet marketing tricks and tactics that we would never use. These are a little bit shady. These are a little bit manipulative, but these are things that can give you an edge in your business. And of course, we would never use them in our businesses. So let's get on to the first one, which is buying social likes for your websites. Basically, here's the thing, Ian. If you guys have not logged into your analytics account lately, Google has totally changed the interface. So you just look at the top of your account and click, I'd like to see the new interface. And you'll notice that Google is now showing you social engagement factors. And that is a strong indication, and it's true, that Google is accounting for social factors in your rankings. So when you're testing ranking new sites for your business, you're definitely gonna wanna go and purchase some likes to see if that has any impact on your site. A lot of SEO guys coming through the house here, Ian, very bright guys, ranking for some incredibly, if I I couldn't even say the key terms, I mean, they could sue me for, I mean, just amazing key terms, rankings with these kinds of techniques. Now, the way to buy social likes for your site would be to go to a site like wickedfire.com, which is a site for professional webmasters. You could also go to a place like fiverr.com or Elance or something like that. A lot of places you can get this stuff done. One quick tip on this, make sure that you get geo-targeted likes. Make sure that you're getting likes in your country that you want to rank for. And this can work for Facebook fan pages as well as niche sites. This is something that we got to get on because we're not doing a whole lot of this yet. So we actually got to get on this with some of our niche sites. Yeah, and there's always this philosophical or this tactical strategic pull between you don't want to fiddle with your money sites, right? Like the sites that are really bringing you in the big money. You don't want to do anything too shady with them, but you also want to make sure you're staying on the cutting edge and testing with maybe sites that are less important to your business to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to keep your rankings and to gain new rankings. You don't want your competitors to do these newfangled techniques and all of a sudden start outpacing you. And so this is something that you're definitely going to want to put into your stable of sites and start testing out. By the way, while we're saying Wicked Fire forums are worth checking out, you know, I would say Wicked Fire is a great place to hang out for professional webmasters. You know, there's sort of a distinction between like Ian, you and myself, we're sort of 
more professionals in our industry and we use SEO as a tool to, to reach customers. Whereas Wicked Fire is a little bit more focused on professional webmasters and they focus on the process of building and scaling multiple websites. So definitely worth a check ski. Number two, resending newsletters to people who did not open them. As a quick correlate, um, and this is something that's factoring quite a bit with newsletters, it has been rumored that Google is judging your domain authority based on some emailing stats. And so if you have 20,000 people that you're sending outbound messages and only 100 open, that could potentially be detrimental for your domain status. I'm not too up to speed on this stuff, but a lot of people in the DC are telling me that they're going down and parsing down their email list to make sure they're only mailing the active people on their list. I think in general, this trimming of the rose bushes is good advice. So regardless of what Google's attitude is about it, I would just go ahead and do that. Um, you don't want to be emailing a huge group of people that are not opening emails. That's just not good. So Ian, you do this all the time. What's the tactic? I, I didn't even get to it yet. The tactic that we're talking about here is resending newsletters to people who don't open them. But we also resend newsletters to people that do open them. And we send it to targeted people that click on specific links. So let's say that we have five links in the email and they click on the third link. Well, then we'll send them some specific information about that third link. Like maybe we'll offer them even more discount or we'll say, we noticed that you were looking at this. Here's some more information on it. Because they're qualified, they've opted in already. They said, hey, by me clicking on this link, I'm interested in this product. So let's go ahead and send them some more information on that. And so that's something that we do. And it's something that's easy to do through Constant Contact because you can see the names of the people and the emails of the people that have clicked on specific links. You know, if you're sending out a thousand emails and 40% open them or 50% open. That's pretty good. But you got about half of your list who did not open that email. And sometimes it could be, say it's Monday morning, they're just busy person. Maybe they just deleted it because it's like, well, I got 70 other emails. Or maybe you resend another email to that group of people, say at lunchtime. I've seen some pretty incredible results from this kind of tactic. And you're talking about a lot of money there if you're talking about an email that has an offer in it. One thing you can do is sometimes you can change the subject line and create like a little mini drama. And this works quite well. You could say like, hey, about that email I sent earlier, or I can't believe the link was broken. Sometimes you'll see this happen from internet marketers. And sometimes that is just a manufactured drama to give them another quote reason to send you that second email. And another quick tip here with these uh, email blasts. One thing that I do is uh, I'm on lists for different companies, obviously, even some that I'm a consumer for. So like an example would be Bike Bandit. Sometimes I buy uh, motorcycle parts and accessories from Bike Bandit. Those guys over there are pros at email marketing. I get a lot of uh, actually tips from those guys and I read their subjects and their subjects are always like really enticing and the way that they set up their emails, very, very good. So I suggest not getting on the list of some of these email marketers like Eamon Pegan and Frank Kern and things like that. But get on some consumer lists, some guys that are really doing a lot of business and you can probably learn a thing or two. For those of you that are on our mailing list, you know, a few days ago, you received an email about the Dynamite Circle and letting you know that I was going to raise the prices on Sunday night. You know, I don't really want to sell the Dynamite Circle too hard, but I was just mentioning to David, who's on our staff, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to raise the price on Sunday. And he said, you know, we should really send a letter out to the list about this. And I said, all right, fine, go for it. And what he did was something brilliant is he is 
you know, subscribe to all these newsletters. And one that we really admire is this company called Stack That Cash. They provide amazing insights for professional grade affiliate marketers. And they sent out these great emails. And so what David did was he just ripped their format and basically copied in our information and what we're passionate about basically into their formatting. The whole idea here is why reinvent the wheel? You have professionals that have built out systems and ways to communicate to people that are effective. And we want to do something similar. So borrow what they've already built for you. And we do that a lot in our business. We are inserting all kinds of shady sub points to our main points. (laughs) Number three, baking in failures or manufacturing drama. And this is particularly useful during launch sequences. Last year, I was watching a high profile internet marketing launch. You know, the initial kind of like newsletters went out and then the tweets went out. And then as a marketer, you're kind of like, well, you can only retweet your own shit like a couple times. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's if it's catching on or it's not. Right. Maybe if you're selling something, people are a little less interested in sharing it. What ended up happening for this launch is that the servers crashed. And then I started seeing all these tweets about the drama of like getting on the phone with the hosting company. And then this happened and then that happened. And then, you know, I did all I could to get everybody. Thank you for showing your support. And, you know, it was like, it was this whole drama. And I was following the whole thing. I was like, you know, and then a kind of light bulb went off in my head. I was like, did these guys make this stuff up? You know, and I was thinking if they did make it up, it was brilliant because it gave them tons of opportunities to talk about their product indirectly throughout the night by this kind of narrative that they were going through. And, you know, you might not need to do this in a shady and manipulative way. Maybe there's a way that you could create a narrative around your launch that gives you indirect ways to talk about your product while you're launching. So maybe that's you take one case study or one live you know, demonstration, and you talk about that throughout the evening of your launch or whatever it is, or maybe you're a shady jerk and you want to manufacture a server crash. This stuff's going to work. Yeah, there's a couple other things I think you can do. And I've seen in the past, like with launches like this, uh, you have like a live webinar. This is if it's going to be successful. If you're not sure if five people are going to show up or zero people or whatnot, (laughs) you, you know, this could be a little risky, but I've seen people do like real time analytics. I've seen People do live webinars. You need to build some kind of hype around what you're doing, kind of make it an event. And this is old school stuff and people are just doing it in a new school way. Absolutely. Let's talk about number four, Ian. This is an SEO tactic that I'm really compelled by. And this is working on some very high-end sites. We've always known that Google gives extra juice to sites that are updated frequently. So what I'm seeing a lot of SEO experts doing is updating site blogs with basically keyword dense nonsense to ensure that Google knows you are updating your site. And by nonsense, that's not quite right. Let's just say low quality content. So let me give you an example. You have a product site that's like, you know, maybe it's a one product site and it sells some kind of fancy energy drink and your key term is, you know, fancy energy drink. And down at the bottom of the site, basically what you have is a small little link that links to blog. And that goes to fancyenergydrink.com slash blog. And on that blog, you are updating that blog every single day with affordable blog content. The problem is, is if you want to have a great article in that blog, it's very expensive to produce. 
relatively expensive. And depending on where your business is at, it might not be feasible for you to put up a quality blog post there every day. And so what I'm seeing a lot of successful entrepreneurs doing is just putting up anything there. And the reports that I'm hearing from them, and it's quite compelling based on what I know about how things work, is that that is working. Again, something that we have to get on. It should probably be relevant to your industry, but I don't think it has to be relevant to your products necessarily. And so I think that you can pay somebody to do something like this. Is that right? That's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about spun content. We're talking about maybe put together, you know, by low quality outsource firms in India or Philippines, um, anything you can do to get something up there every day that's somewhat relevant. One thing that you could potentially do, because this stuff isn't always time sensitive, is you could go ahead and batch it so you could go ahead and pay somebody to do 50 or 100 posts at one time. They don't have to worry about it for two months. Booyah, that's exactly what you'd want to do. Let's move on to point number five. And this is sort of an old school one that Ian and the team in California are quite good at. And this is getting industry magazine mentions plus print magazine mentions for credibility. So you know on your websites when you get like the, you know, mentioned in... New York Times or mentioned on the CBS Morning News, that stuff counts. That stuff's really nice to have on your website. And it turns out it's quite easy to get them. So let's walk through how we could get an SEO mention or get just a print mention that could be useful for your marketing materials. One of the things that we do is, you know, we're in the design space, particularly we're looking at interior design firms. We're trying to sell into them for one of those product lines that we have. And so there's a bunch of publications out there. There's a bunch of interior design publications, a bunch of architectural design publications. And so one way to get some free press from these people is to write them with a new product. A lot of these magazines have new product sections. If you write them and you say, hey, this is a new product that we have, hope you enjoy. By the way, can you send me your package for advertising? So that's what these magazines really want is for you to advertise. But you want to get a little something, something too before you advertise. And so one way that you can help each other out is by them running your product in the new product section because they need content for this and you'd like to promote your product. You can say, you know, depending on the response we get from putting this product in the new product section, we might be willing to advertise with you guys. And so this is one thing that we do. And you can also do the same thing on people's websites. You know, people have a website focused on your industry. Say, hey, I think you guys should feature this and uh, we'll see or we'll look into advertising with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And if you get that first teeth into them, work them for the anchor text backlinks, work them for that SEO juice. Any kind of link that you can get from these people is going to be huge because Google does put priority over industry specific links or they say they do. All this stuff is when you're in kind of in the trenches, you know, like me and Dan here, we're not at the level with our products that people are calling us every week and saying, what's new? What's new? We want to report on this. We're kind of still in the trenches with this stuff. So I think you do get to a point where people start to contact you and it gets to be easier. But these are tricks for when you're trying to get off the ground or when you're still in the trenches. So a quick review of the five dirty marketing tactics, buying likes, buying social likes for your websites to increase rankings. That's number one. Number two, resending newsletters to people who did not open them or to people who's clicked on specific links. Number three, baking in failures or manufacturing an incredible drama with which to indirectly talk about your launch without talking about your launch. (laughs) 
<laughs> Number four, updating your blog with nonsense or low-quality content every day just to ensure that your domain has fresh, updated, keyword-dense content. And number five, pimping out your new products or creating, quote, product launches to get industry magazine mentions and SEO link juice. Quality list there. One quick thing I want to share is just a general Google philosophy. There's a lot of talk, especially among people who advocate strategies or even talk about them openly about whether you should say, talk about gray hat stuff or white hat stuff or black hat stuff. And just philosophically, I want to say that a lot of what you know is white hat and gray hat and black hat is actually pretty gray. And a lot of the things that Google puts out and they say these are terms of service is more marketing, trying to get you to do a certain thing than was actually happening on the ground with the search engines. And there's a lot of stories with this. And a lot of times it can depend on how big your profile is. So if a guy like me who has absolutely no sway says you should go, you know, buy social likes or whatever, and I'm against terms of service and I'm going to get kicked out of the index where as if a guy like Rand Fishkin or Aaron Wall comes up and says something like this is a way that affiliates are gaming the system and Google's full of, you know, BS because they should be doing this all of a sudden you know, he has the potential to turn the tide of the industry. Um, a lot of times you can be taking a bigger risk by following white hat strategies that have been sort of sanguine for the last three years and then not ranking for the next three years and hoping that things stay the same rather than rolling the dice on a couple little grayer things, say maybe buying some links or buying some social stuff. You know, don't do it with your core domain that everything rests on. I mean, obviously trust your own judgment, but I'm just saying that the distinction between white, gray, and black is not always so clear. And that's just the philosophical approach to Google. And, and I think the response to that is test. You know, Don't get on your moral high horse about Google is not a religion. They're a company who's just trying to tweak buttons to make sure things show up and results well. Put your own sites out there, trust your own judgment, and do a lot of testing. Sound good? Let's get moving on to quick tips, tricks, and or we are not going to tell a funny joke section because they're not that funny. I want to talk about a couple quick things. Thanks to Joel Runyon from the blog of Impossible Things, I downloaded a sweet piece of software called OmWriter. 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 I'm not sure how you say it. But it's similar to what we've talked about earlier in the program, similar to a program called Write Room for the Mac and Dark Room for the PC. It's a little bit more advanced. It has uh, kind of a zen feeling to it. It gives you this interesting background music, which I'm still getting used to, and it gives you really cool little sound effects when you type. It just feels really good to be in there and to be writing. I've been experimenting with that environment. It doesn't have formatting, so what I generally do is do like brain dumps in there, and then I'll move the text into like either WordPress or into the Dynamite Circle or wherever I'm going to be adding the formatting. Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend people download OMM writer will link C up to it on the post just to give it a test run. It's kind of a cool, unique writing experience and it blocks out all those distractions that you have on your computer. Yeah, you could also just turn off your airport as well. Uh, that's not possible. Because nobody does anything that isn't on the internet anymore. <laughs> just, I, I don't understand what you mean. It's not an option. One other quick piece of software that's really been a game changer, and I really got to thank Dan Lines from How to Make Podcasts Like a Pro.com um, Adobe Audition. You know, I've been using Audacity for a couple of years, and he said, "Look, Dan, if Audacity is your your dad's, you know, 1954 Ford truck, uh, Adobe Audition is a Ferrari." And he's right. 
and it really does some incredible things to audio. But what I love about it is if you get a USB mic, it doesn't matter how good the mic is. Just get any mic that doesn't go into your sound card but goes into a USB. Okay, that's critical. So any mic, you can get them for like 25 bucks. It goes into a USB. You can get a Yeti like Ian just bought. You can get a Logitech like we have. Um, you just plug it into your computer and then you process the sound through Adobe and you add absolutely two effects to it. You know, one is you compress the sound and one is that you equalize the sound. And the settings are all in there and everything's good to go. And I mean, this literally takes five minutes and you go from sounding like some guy in an echo chamber to sounding radio quality and it takes five minutes one quick tip on this stuff if you get to the point where you can process this audio make sure that you do it for all your audio podcasts obviously i would also you know recommend doing this for your videos ian you and i make some pretty in-depth videos i would recommend separating out that audio and processing it in audition you're gonna have a much more professional sounding piece of media the final thing ian and, and that we're going to start experimenting with and i have high hopes for I've heard a lot of good news about this kind of stuff is putting audio pitches on your websites for the products that you're selling. So on an e-commerce store, I mean, it'd be very easy, Ian, to plug in a USB mic into your computer and to talk just like a regular human being talking about why you're passionate about this product, talking about the key benefits, why you're chosen to sell it, you know, why you think people should buy it. That's very compelling. That can be much more compelling than copywriting and it's cheap and easy to experiment with. So if you combine the USB mic, the Adobe Audition, and start putting these audio pitches on your websites, if you're using WordPress, there's tons of plugins. It's, it's so easy to put audio on the website, you know? It's, it's basically just like you putting a video up. It's very simple. And, and so I think this has a lot of potential to increase conversions on your websites. And if anybody has experience with this, please do email me. I'd be curious to hear your experience. You got any quick tips for us today, Ian, before we get moving? Yeah, I'd say when you do this little audio thing on your website, you know, you can test, but my guess is it doesn't convert real well because I shut down the page every single time this happens when the audio starts playing when I come to the page, like within five seconds. Nothing more annoying than that. So would advise against that. But uh, yeah, that's my tip, man. I got to go comfort my cat and I'll see you in a few hours. All right. And of course, the eternal quick tip is put down the podcast, pick up the phone and go make a cold call. Ian, have a safe flight. Can't wait to get you here in Bali. And uh, I'll interview you for uh, Tropical Talk Radio. It's going to be awesome. Talk to you soon. Booyah. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything 